Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode seven of Crunch Time Crossover. You know your host. My name is Isaac. Just wanted to start off, you know, first of the month. Good day to good day to set the set the month on a good on a good foot on a good tone. You know, so just hope everyone has a really good, productive and uh, efficient February. I think January. Well, for me specifically, went by pretty quickly. So hopefully, you can make use of uh, the time we have this February. To start off with basketball today, I typically start off talking about the West, and I kind of want to shift the conversation heading over to the Eastern Conference. As of right now, Philly's continuously been at the number one seed in the East, and it looks like they're not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. With, again, like I had mentioned last podcast, Joel Embiid definitely having an MVP kind of season is definitely separating him compared to the other teams in the East. There has been a conversation in Philly about potentially within a trade getting J.J. Redick back. And I think if Philly were to open up some more shooting on their team, I definitely think that might be some of the final pieces that they need to actually be a a good contender, especially for a championship against any one of the teams that come out of the West. Looking down the uh, Eastern Conference, the Nets have climbed their way to the second seed even though they did lose on a heartbreaking uh, game winner by Russell Westbrook in that game. They were without James Harden, but still, I think they dropped eight points in eight seconds to lose that game. That's a, that's definitely a heartbreak, especially to the Wizards, who are 4-12. and 12. Uh, With that being said, though, the, the Nets have won eight out of their past 11, so they're starting to pick it up, and like I said, once they get on that tear, they're definitely going to be uh, one of the harder teams to stop in the league. Pretty interesting with Brooklyn too. They actually have one of the highest offensive rating efficiencies in the league to go hand in hand with the lowest defensive efficiency rating in the league. So I wonder, that just brings a lot of concern in my eyes, you know, if you can win a championship that way. Like if that's an effective way to play basketball, to be the extreme on both sides of the ball. I think it's obvious that they can score the ball just about at any time they want, but you have to get stops especially in a postseason, you know, championship game, you need to have a you need to have someone that can go out and get you secure you a rebound or force a ball out of bounds, you know, just something to really shift tempo and you don't have things like that happen when you're the last team in the league, especially when calls have to get dictated a certain way. So they're going to have to get that figured out. Realistically, I think they just need a couple more pieces to um kind of seal them together, but once they once they get that figured out again, they're like I said, potentially in that finals um, finals matchup coming out of the East. Uh, three and four are both uh, Milwaukee at three and Boston Celtics at four. I think out of Milwaukee, it's been relatively the same team we've seen every year. I think Drew Holiday, like I mentioned before, has always been a good pickup, but they seem to just be kind of same, playing the same basketball. Out of Boston, though. You know, I think it's it's funny when we talk about the East, there's always talking about Milwaukee, but the Celtics have made almost a second round of playoffs since 2016 pretty consistently, you know, and I think, in my opinion, the one thing that they have lacked um, is, a, uh, is a middle presence um, in the key from either a big man or even or just someone that affects uh, driving lanes, rebounding, all of that. I think if... Boston Celtics were to pick up just uh, at least a good 
seven footer, maybe a, just a solid big man. He doesn't even need to be an all star specifically, but just someone to affect the game. I think that's going to put them a cut above just about every other team in the East, especially when you have talent like Jason Tatum, you know, Jalen Brown, who also, in my opinion, could be up for a most improved this year, who's just been playing phenomenal. And again, I think we always, in my opinion, Kemba Walker might be one of the most forgotten about players to be an all-star, in my opinion, just because I forget he's out there in Boston, you know, and whether it's the way they play or just the minutes they're getting is irrelevant. But I think when you have lineups like that, they are missing that kind of centerpiece to a center in their team. So I think if I, and I had heard potentially, I think this was actually before the, um, the James Harden trade, but potentially having Jared Allen go over to Boston. And I think something like that would really complete that Boston team and make them and help them compete against a Joel Embiid, you know, or a Kevin Durant and a Giannis um, out in Milwaukee. You know, those, all three of those teams have someone that really clogs up the paint, can get offensive, defensive rebounds and get stops. So I would, I think I would keep my eye out in Boston, especially if they can make something like that happen. But, you know, the rest of the Eastern Conference, I know I had noted that on a shorter season, they have changed the uh, the playoff scenario with the with them doing a team play-in. So just to kind of clarify for people who are unaware of how they're going to do the play-in tournament, what they're going to have happen is the team with the seventh high with the seventh highest and the eighth highest winning percentage in each conference will have two opportunities to win one game to earn a playoff spot. And then the teams that are ninth and tenth um, in each conference will have to win two consecutive games to earn a playoff spot. So realistically for this season, you know, you want to, as long as you're in the tenth seed, you know, you have a chance to be in playoffs. And I think, I don't know if the league is going to keep that as a implemented way to settle playoffs, but I think they're going to get a lot of really good games and really good matchups. I mean, I can definitely remember watching the bubble, watching Phoenix go on that run when they won like 10 or 11 games was just definitely some of the best basketball we've seen, in my opinion, especially out of one of the best, one of the better players in the league. So looking at the Eastern Conference, you know, just starting from the seventh to 10th seed, you have the Cavaliers at seven, the Hornets at eight, uh, the Knicks are sitting at nine and the Raptors at 10, you know, so if playoffs were to start today, there'd be some, you know, some young but competitive basketball going on. Uh, Toronto would definitely be the most veteran out of those three teams comparatively, but we would definitely get some good games out of the Hornets at eight. Uh, Cleveland, in my opinion, has been playing really good basketball, especially after that uh, James Harden acquisition to the Nets. They've definitely re-upped on their big man. And I think if I'm Cleveland, I would definitely look to make some moves, especially when you have that much that much to give. You know, you can definitely get a lot in return. Also to speak, and it's painful to speak on the Wizards being so bad, but I think after that game winner, that was the first time I've seen Bradley Beal happy all season. <laughs> like, honestly, I've I've seen pictures of this man with his head down, looking at the floor, almost not even there. And, you know, watching them get that win, especially with Westbrook hitting that, that game-winning three, it was good to see Bradley excited. You know, I think he's, in my opinion, top three shooting guard in the league right now. But either Washington figures something out to get him some more help, or I think he's going to be out of there. And my whole thought is, where does Beal go? You know, does Beal do more damage in the Western Conference or in the Eastern Conference? You know, like, what does Washington look to get in uh, in return for him? 
especially like I said, being a top five, you know, top three shooting guard, depending on uh, who you're asking. So I think he's still in Washington for a reason. I think maybe he hasn't requested a trade because he does want to be there. But realistically, I think it is up to that front office to make a good decision, because if not, you know, you're going to have one of the best scores in the league wanting out. And there's a lot of teams that could definitely benefit from a Bradley Beal type player. It's just what are you going to give up to get him is, I think, the real real question that I have. There's another guard that I kind of want to talk about in the East that I think, I don't know if goes, he doesn't go unrecognized, but I think he's just on a team that doesn't do very well. But if I'm other teams, you know, I think I'd look to trade from potentially Zach Levine, you know, and get a good, get a, I don't think Zach Levine's a role player, but I think on the right team, he can fit a role that every team needs, you know, just like a highly effective two guard, either coming off the bench or first one in rotation. And the Bulls are 11th, you know, so I mean, I don't know. I, they definitely have a chance to play in that play-in, but I wouldn't be surprised if I saw some teams potentially make a run for Zach Levine. And if they don't, hopefully Chicago has something set up to get them, you know, in a better position to win over the next coming years because it's kind of hard to see talent. Like, it's about when you're Zach Levine, you know, hard to see talent like Devin Booker go without help for so long. And I just hope that's not the case for Zach Levine in Chicago. And, you know, they have a little bit of talent, but not not against, you know, when we're talking about the four best teams in the East being Philly, uh, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and uh, Boston. So, yeah, I think the East is going to be good. You know, I'm looking forward to the playing tournament for sure, and I think that's always going to keep basketball fresh. I know the Heat just got Jimmy Butler back after the COVID protocol, so it'll be nice to see Jimmy back on the court. But Miami is in the 13th seat at 7-12, and 12, so they're going to have to do a lot of climbing back. And realistically, you know, Wizards are at 4-12. and 12. They've only played 16 games, but season's coming close to an end. It'll, it'll be over before we know it on a shorter season, you know, and especially with that plan being so crucial, everyone's going to be gunning for that 7-8, and eight, 9 or 10 seed. So we'll see how that goes. Shifting over to the Western Conference, things have changed. Uh, the Clippers are now number one again, and I'm starting to wonder if they're actually, you know, like the real deal in the West. I think they, uh, they. I think out of every team in the league, in my opinion, I think they have the most to prove comparatively to any other team in the league. Granted, Brooklyn has these really high expectations, but after what Clipper fans went through in 2020, you know, you gotta, they gotta do something about it, you know. And it's again, I don't know if teams will recognize them as the number one seed, but I think if they can get again, maybe some trades or a couple pieces moved around, I think that you can definitely separate them from a lot of teams in the West. Utah's been on a tear as well. They just had their 11-game win streak snapped by the Nuggets. And Jokic put up a career night, 40, 47 points with 12 rebounds. Um, career night by Jokic, you know, and that's a little bit of a, uh, a nightmare for Utah fans to relive losing to the Nuggets in a kind of game like that, so... I think Utah's kind of getting the the respect that they deserve. And again, I think Donovan Mitchell is potentially a top five shooting guard in the league right now as well, too. Definitely kind of separating him when it comes to the guard status. So I think Utah's going to continue to play well. I, In my opinion, I think at the beginning of the season, I wasn't even mentioning Utah making playoffs whatsoever. I just thought that there were other teams that were going to be competing. But, you know, they're sitting at 15 and five. So doing uh, doing well, doing really well in Utah. For the Lakers, though, you know, I'm going to say it. 
I think LeBron right now, this is what we would call LeBron in his prime. I think, in my opinion, that when we think of what someone's prime is, you refer to them at the best that they've been in their career. And I don't think that necessarily has to even translate to their athletic ability at that time. I just think that translates to their overall ability. You know, and I think now, looking at LeBron James, I don't know what he can't do on both sides of the ball. You know, I see he's averaging 25 a game, almost eight rebounds and almost seven and a half assists. He's shooting 46, almost 47% from three-pointers this season and past the 13th all-time for threes made in his 18th season. You know, still competing. They're technically tied with Utah. They're both at 15 games. They've just lost one more at 15 and six. But the Clippers are 16 and five, you know, so a couple of these teams get switched around. The Lakers will make their way back to that number one seed. But I just have never seen anyone in their prime in year 18. You know, so I think that just needs to, I just think there needs to be a rose handed or something because it's, I think it's the quietest MVP outing I've ever seen in NBA history because I don't think you would ever assume, granted, I think Tom Brady might be the exception when it comes to age and their performance at their, in their career, but no one's doing what LeBron does. And realistically, if LeBron does win another championship this year, comparatively to the competition he has to go through, if we're not talking greatest of all time, like we need to actually have sit down and have a conversation, <laughs> you know, because this is this is absurd. You know, if they need to try to get Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving to beat LeBron James, that's um, you know, there's some concern there, and I think that's just a testament to LeBron taking care of himself and just playing at the level he can play. But my real concern with LA is what their identity is without LeBron James, and what that Laker team looks like with Anthony Davis being their number one option, you know, because I think the Lakers are a really good team. But I think that that Western Conference is just too tough, you know, and especially with Anthony Davis being your only superstar. There there comes a lot of problems with that, you know, and I think LeBron James, even while LeBron's James, even when LeBron's on not playing and he's on the bench, the Lakers still manage to play well. And I think it is due to his presence so I just don't know what it would be like to not have him on the court and have Anthony Davis kind of take over that that leadership role. Just because, again, when you have a player like LeBron James, your life is easy. You know, all you got to do is listen to him. <laughs> Play your role, set a good screen, you know, hit a big shot, get a rebound, and, you know, looks like, a, looks like you're in a, in the conversation for a championship for sure. I think one of the most surprising teams... In the West, too, the Grizzlies are at the fifth seed at eight and six. So they've actually are they've actually played the least amount of games compared to any other team in the NBA with only a total of 14 games. I think everyone else in the league has played at least 20. So they're down a couple of games. And I, I do know they had a couple of games um, postponed due to COVID protocols. But I don't I would just be very, very surprised if they stayed in that position. I know they were in the competition for the play in as well. But this this Western Conference is really stacked. I mean, looking at the teams below them, Phoenix at the sixth seed, uh, Portland's at the seventh seed, Golden State is at eight, and you have San Antonio nine and at, and Houston at ten. That would be the play-in right there from seven through ten. You know, and those are those four teams talking about Portland, Golden State, San Antonio, and Houston are quite formidable. As at any time, any any night. 
you know, any one of those teams can go off. So I'm, I'm surprised to see them there. You know, I'm glad they're playing well, but I just, I'm just curious to see if they can, um, if they can keep it up. And again, I think we just have to continue to give the Nuggets praise and continue to recognize that the Nuggets are always going to be a contender this year for making some noise, especially when you have someone like Nikola Jokic and uh, Jamal Murray playing on their team. For the conversation that's been going on, there's been rumors about trades getting sent out from New Orleans, potentially a package for uh, Lonzo Ball and uh, J.J. Redick, you know, and I think those are two players. I don't know if they would go at the same place together or if it would be like a three-team trade, but they would definitely make a lot of teams better. And I know I heard a conversation about uh, Lonzo Ball heading over to the Clippers to play. And yeah, I think I would take Lonzo Ball over Patrick Beverly on a team for sure. And I think I like players like Patrick Beverly because I think that's how I feel when it comes to basketball, you know, is you have to affect the game in every way, in every way possible. If it's making noise, if it's, you know, just doing something that you're really good at. And I guess sometimes that can be a little bit of a liability depending on the, um, the way the character or not the character, but the way the, the player plays and, you know, just his persona and when you have someone like Lonzo Ball, who I think is really trying to make a good name for himself, I don't think he's going to bring that kind of ego and stuff to a league, especially to a team like the Clippers, where you have, you know, a certified winner and Kawhi Leonard and another player like Paul George, who has something to prove as well. So I don't know if that's exactly where he's going to head up, end up. But, you know, I definitely think Lonzo will make a lot of teams better. And again, like I had mentioned, if J.J. Redick were to reunite in Philadelphia with... Joel Embiid again, man, I think late game in the series, Joel Embiid is, uh, he's going to have to look for the help around him because when it comes to the postseason, he's going to get double teamed. They're going to send triple teams his way. He, coming off of screens, people are going to switch, you know, so he's going to have to be able to rely on the people around him. And if he can pass the ball to a JJ Redick and to a Danny Green on a consistent night basis, they're winning a lot of those games. And I think that's what's really going to separate them um, from the Nets is if the Nets can't pick up a really good defensive presence, you know, because the Nets have a lot of scoring. But again, you need stops with the big man. And I think Philly can definitely do that with Joel Embiid um, headlining the uh, the Eastern Conference. So I'm looking, uh, again, looking forward to it. You know, I like I like the direction of the, the West. I think the... The West rookies are doing really well as well, too. You know, James Wisen for the Warriors has been playing really, really well. He's been putting only getting 20 minutes a game, which is surprisingly low for a first-round pick, in my opinion, and especially for a first-round pick that's playing a position on a team that doesn't have a lot of depth. Uh, but he's averaging 11 points, six rebounds, and a, a block and a half a game, which is, you know, good numbers. But I might have to... Uh, retract the statement that I made a couple episodes ago and I think I'm gonna have to uh start giving my rookie of the year nod to that other ball brother in Charlotte because watching LaMelo play has been nothing short but impressive at 6'8 6'8 versatile guard he has some of the best decision making I've seen in a long time and I think it's other than the chip on his shoulder I think he just knows how to play basketball like, he knows where he fits. He knows where to put the ball. He's one of those players that I think if you're not a vocal player, you have to make up for it in different ways. And I think 
what he doesn't do vocally, he picks up on the flashier end. And I think that makes up for it, you know, because if you're not running a team verbally, you have to be doing something that commands people's attention. And if it's a behind the back pass or like a half court lob, you're still doing the same thing. And again, I'm, I know LaMelo just got his first NBA start today, so I'm hoping that game is going well, but yeah, I think he's going to really start to separate himself as that. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if he were to win rookie of the year, he could even be up for a most improved next year, depending on the direction and how much he continues to develop. But yeah, he's looking really, really good out of uh, the other rookie in, in the West. Anthony Edwards has been playing pretty well. I think I'm kind of surprised that he's not getting as many minutes on a Minnesota team that's the last in the league. Um, they're technically not the well, they're not, they're the second last team in the league, but they are last in the West. But Carl Anthony Towns isn't playing, D'Angelo Russell isn't playing. So, in my opinion, that should definitely open up the avenue to have someone like a first round pick. Well not even a first-round pick, the first pick in the first round to be getting a lot more minutes. He's been averaging 13 points a game, just three three rebounds and two assists. You know, it's he is, he is a good ball player, but it just seems like he just doesn't know where he fits in an offense. And maybe that's fault for Minnesota too, but I think you get drafted to a team like that to play a lot of minutes, and I think I'm just kind of surprised that I'm just haven't really seen that again. He's averaging close to like 25, 26, which was almost more than I had anticipated. But I think, you know, it's got to be in that 30 minute range, especially when you have players like Carl Anthony Towns and uh, D'Angelo, who are your front runners for Minnesota not playing in the game. So that's just, that's just surprising. But, you know, I'm, I'm definitely banking on LaMelo winning rookie of the year. I'm excited to see it. I think, again, him and Wiseman are just going to continue to be in and out throughout the rest of the season as far as their number one rankings. But other than Anthony Edwards, maybe Tyrese Halliburton out of Sacramento might make a pretty good run for that rookie of the year. But just I have been the most impressed with uh, LaMelo, LaMelo Ball's play. So shout out LaMelo, you know, good for you and Charlotte, you know, keep getting those minutes. But that was the that was most of the basketball I had today. You know, I'm I'm pleased with it. I'm pleased with the season so far. I'm glad that the the season is still going. I haven't heard too many postponed games as of recent, which is good. So hopefully they can keep that going. And like I mentioned last podcast, potentially set up, you know, for the for the all-star game that's coming. And the, you know, I I think the plane is gonna be a really good thing again. And I would I think that would be a good thing, maybe to not keep, but to continue to experiment. Uh, different variations of just to get more people to play, you know, because I think you get a lot of really good matchups or at least a couple really good games, especially if it's like one one to make a playoff seed and then the lower seed has to win two. But yeah, that was that, you know, for the couple things I want to share just for, you know, my mindfulness and just for the just for the headspace. Like I mentioned already, it is the first of the month. You know, it's a good day for a good day. It's a good day to start taking care of yourself. It's a good day to, you know, maybe start a good habit. But a couple of the things that I've been really resonating with this week that I'm going to really take with me and uh, to start it off is I'm betting on myself this month. You know, I'm a good bet. I would say what I want to do is going to happen and I'm going to bet on that happening. So I think that's something that I really need to keep at the forefront of my mind is like, I am a good bet. 
you know, your, your goals and your aspirations, those are good bets for you, you know, and you should bet on yourself to do it. You know, you, you are a winning bet. So continue to do that. Um, I also know that I am feeling blessed today. You know, I woke up first of the month and it just, it felt like a day of blessings, honestly, you know, and sometimes the mornings aren't as always as easy as they could be for whatever reason, or the afternoon isn't easy, or even the evening can't, doesn't always have to be easy. But, you know, I think I woke up feeling just really blessed for life, you know, woke up on a, woke up on a way that I want to continue to wake up and continue to, you know, move forward in what I want to do. Another thing too, for this month that I'm looking forward to is I'm going to make myself proud. You know, I want to be able to do so much this month that I can look back and be like, yo, you know what? Like that was all you, you know, you should be proud of yourself, you know? And I think the people around you, as long as you are in a space where you can share with them, you know, you should share your success with them, you know, cause I know they'll be proud of you too. And you know, you, we all need that, you know, as people, just other people around us knowing that you're doing well. So I'm going to make myself proud, you know, and I'm going to share that with people who will take that to their heart and elevate me to continue to do that. But another thing, you know, a huge one that I woke up with was I'm thankful that I had a roof over my head today. You know, I had a bed, I paid my rent, you know, I'm cool for February. You know, that's, that's magical. You know, that's magic. And I want to continue to make those things happen. And, you know, last thing, but I think something I was able to do today, but I was, I'm an, I've been working and have worked to be 1% better today. And that's the goal tomorrow. That's the goal every day is just to continue to get better. You know, it's a new year. I think January, like I said earlier, has gone by surprisingly fast for my opinion, but it's a using that as motivation, realizing that these days go by so fast and that you don't have time you don't have as much time as you think you have to get better. It makes me do want to really get better as soon as possible. So I'm, I'm thankful for the 1%. You know, I'm never going to complain if it's just 1%. And I think that's always going to be a good goal. So yeah, positivity, keep your mind right. That was episode seven. I just want to say there are more episodes out on Primo Media. Check them out. The girls are dropping episodes. Primo's dropping more episodes with Ruben and Fiends of Football. There's Way Off the Mark coming out. Episode 2 is fresh. The girls have episode 4 with Real Talk. I mean, page is getting bigger. So please listen. Give everybody a listen. You know, everyone's doing really great. I thank you guys again for listening, and I'll hear you guys next week. Later.